Hello and welcome. This is Melissa Giles, Portfolio Manager with Americana Partners. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'll be reviewing the January market commentary provided by David M. Darst, Chief Investment Officer with Americana Partners. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. The first section I'll be covering is Portfolio Positioning for 2020. As we enter the new year and a new decade, because of high valuations, bullish sentiment indicators, weakness in the manufacturing sector, and extreme concentration of equity market leadership in a narrowing handful of companies, we currently counsel diversification, rebalancing, and risk management through defensively oriented, high-quality asset classes, sectors, and securities. At the same time, we are cautiously optimistic on the economy, seeing no recession for now, modest growth in corporate earnings, accommodative monetary policy, and low unemployment. Recognizing the difficulties, expense, and mental exertion of attempting to time the financial markets through short-term trading tactics, we believe in staying invested in a diversified portfolio over the long term. However, if one has already built up cash balances, it may be prudent to maintain them and redeploy into risk assets at potentially lower prices as volatility increases in 2020. Vigilance and caution are also called for due to the very low levels of stock, bond, and currency volatility, with the VIX Equity Volatility Index recently trading in the low teens versus its long-term average of 20, reflecting significant investor nonchalance and complacency. As of mid-January, the strategy of selling short the VIX Index, anticipating further declines in this measure and thus lower volatility, has returned to an even greater degree of excess than prevailed just before the significant significant stock market sell-off in February 2018. From these low levels, we expect volatility to pick up as 2020 progresses. The two charts below display the length and strength of the 26 S&P 500 equity bull markets, 13 before World War II and 13 since World War II, from January 1, 1928 through November 30, 2019. While the current bull market is 87% as long, lasting 3,918 days from March 2009 through November 2019 as the previous longest bull market, which lasted 4,494 calendar days from December 1987 through March 2000, associated with a dot-com boom. It is only 63% as strong as that dot-com era strongest ever bull market, with a 366% change as compared to a 582% change. Investors with a confirmed bullish bias would argue that even if short-term corrections should occur, this current bull market still may have room to run in longevity and strength. The positive 31.5% total return of the S&P 500 in 2019 marks its best performance since 2013 and the 13th year of the past 25 calendar years that the S&P 500 has generated a total return of at least 15%. Over the 10 years from 2010 through 2019, the total return of the S&P 500 was positive 13.6% per year. If investors missed the 10 best percentage gain days, their return was positive 9.2% per year. And if they missed the 10 worst percentage loss days, their return was positive 18.8% per year. 
over the 50-year period from 1970 through 2019, the S&P 500's total return has been positive 10.6% per year. The S&P 500 has been positive 15 of the past 17 years, and the S&P 500 has been positive 40 of the past 50 years. The message we take away from this data is that the last decade has produced higher returns than average, and that warrants some caution. Despite geopolitical concerns, the Dow Jones Industrial Average generated a positive return during the last five trading days of 2019 and the first five trading days of the new year. Since 1950, whenever both of these time periods around the turn of the year have provided positive returns, the Stock Traders Almanac points out that the Dow Jones Industrials have increased positive 11.5% for the entire year, rising 80% of the time compared to a positive 8.1% average gain and up years 70% of the time over the entire 1950-2019 time frame. The message of these two historical trends is that despite the cautionary barometer of recent years' outperformance, the strong finish to last year and in the opening days of this year have tended to represent a positive signal. We continue to maintain that equity prices are likely to remain in a multi-year sideways channel of cyclical bull phases alternating with cyclical bear phases before continuing their advance to a new secular peak. This explains our increasingly cautious and conservative stance. Now let's discuss near-term cheer and future anxiousness. Entering the new year and the new decade, financial market participants have been inclined to significantly downplay worrisome developments such as lackluster business investment outlook, domestic political disputatiousness, and election year dynamics, and heightened geopolitical tensions, instead adopting a more upbeat and constructive view of the global economic picture, constructive developments in the China trade and tariff talks, solid U.S. consumer spending, muted inflation expectations, continued monetary easing and no major changes in the interest rate picture, and an uptick in corporate earnings forecasts. As a result, asset prices have been sending a message that the short-term outlook appears more constructive and manageable than it did just a few months ago. To be sure, however, there is no shortage of medium and long-term concerns including number 1. Very high levels of governmental, corporate, and household indebtedness. 2. A slumping marginal revenue product of debt. That is, over the interval from 2017 through early 2019, each dollar of global debt generated only 42 cents of GDP growth in the major developed economies, down 11.1% from 10 years earlier. 3. Immense unfunded retirement and health care obligations. 4. Lackluster global GDP growth and secular disinflationary forces associated with demographic trends, technological advances, and the increased price competitiveness associated with the internet and e-commerce. 5. Declining or contracting population growth in several developed countries juxtaposed with the growing aspirations, demands, and societal burdens of an expanding emerging markets middle class and substantial immigration flows. 6. Doubts about the efficacy, channels, objectives, and effectiveness of monetary policy, money printing, negative interest rates, and in some countries, the monetization of large fiscal deficits. 7. An apparent trend toward the deglobalization of people, ideas, goods, capital, and internet interconnectedness. And 8. Increasing attention being paid to, and often, apprehension about cybersecurity, energy sourcing, wealth disparities, political empowerment, climate change, 
the health of the planet, biotechnology and genomic breakthroughs, and further technological penetration into everyday life through, among other pathways, 5G networks, social media, cloud computing, robotics, autonomous vehicles, online streaming of film and television programs, video games, connective devices, surveillance systems, social credit scores, global positioning systems, nanosatellites, drones, quantum computing, neurotechnology, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Questions to consider for the year ahead. As mentioned at the beginning of this note, volatility in stock, bond, and currency markets is at or near historically low levels, reflecting an immodest degree of complacency and nonchalance about the potential for dramatic moves in financial asset prices. At the same time, U.S. equity market leadership has become increasingly concentrated, with the top 17 largest capitalization stocks representing 78% of the positive 28.9% price gain in the S&P 500 for 2019. Against this backdrop, investors need to keep in mind that several difficult-to-predict factors have the potential to meaningfully affect asset prices in the year ahead. These include developments not only in the U.S.-China trade and tariff talks, but also in the context of the entire U.S.-China relationship and the two countries positioning in regional spheres and globally. Another high-impact Washington wildcard relates to the impeachment proceedings, as well as the debates, candidates, party platforms, and eventual outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential and national elections. In the paragraphs below, we direct our focus to the outlook for monetary policy, the likely direction of the U.S. economy and corporate profits, and whether financial asset valuations can continue to rise from currently elevated levels. Will the Federal Reserve raise interest rates? As long as inflationary forces appear well-contained, Fed governors have indicated that they are in no hurry to raise policy interest rates in 2020. As of January 13th, the widely followed CME FedWatch tool, based on trading activity in Fed funds futures, was assessing the probability of an interest rate hike at 12.73%. At the January 29th policy meeting, decreasing to a 5.02% probability at the December 16th policy meeting, as shown below. It can also be seen in the chart above that as of January 13th, the likelihood of no change in interest rates was 87.27% for the January 29th meeting, decreasing to 39.51% for the December 16th meeting, with the probability of an interest rate decrease or ease actually rising through the year, from 0% at the January 29th meeting up to 55.47% at the December 16th 16th meeting, presumably due to the possibility later this year of policymakers' uneasiness over a potential recession in 2021. We have a slightly different view than the Fed Fund's futures markets. While markets seem at this point to be anticipating an interest rate cut later this year, our assessment is that tightening labor markets may cause the FOMC to instead implement one rate hike by the end of 2020. What is the economic and profits outlook for 2020? Actual U.S. GDP growth was positive 2.4% in 2017 and positive 2.9% in 2018, according to the most recent forecast released at the December 11, 2019 meeting of the Federal Reserve's Federal Open Market Committee, 
FOMC, U.S. GDP growth is expected to slow to positive 2.2% in 2019 and reflecting the after effects of the ongoing trade and tariff disputes is projected to come in at positive 2% in 2020. Recognizing the inherent uncertainties associated with forecasting well into the future, for now, the FOMC foresees further U.S. GDP deceleration to positive 1.9% in 2021 and 1.8% in 2022. The FOMC also forecasts that the U.S. unemployment rate will average 3.5% in 2020, rising to 3.6% in 2021 and 3.7% in 2022. On the inflation front, the FOMC's preferred inflation indicator for some time has been the Core Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, a broader measure than the Consumer Price Index. A very broad measure of pricing trends, the Core PCE strips out volatile gas and food prices and consists of the actual and imputed expenditures of households, including data pertaining to durable as well as non-durable goods and services. The FOMC expects the core PCE inflation rate to remain subdued, averaging positive 1.9% in 2020, positive 2% in 2021, and positive 2% in 2022. We continue to expect that 2020 will experience modest U.S. economic growth and remain with our U.S. GDP call of positive 2% or perhaps slightly less in 2020. Our forecast is based on our expectations of accommodative global monetary and fiscal policy, improving global business confidence, a pickup in Chinese consumer and corporate economic activity, and uninterrupted strength in the U.S. consumer sector. In thinking about the economic outlook, it is also useful to be mindful of the influence of oil prices on consumer behavior. Meaningfully higher oil prices tend to reduce consumers' disposable income and thus, like a tax increase, can put a damper on consumption, as well as on corporate profits. Meaningfully higher oil prices can increase aggregate profits. For 2020, the U.S. Energy Information Administration, EIA, currently predicts that the West Texas Intermediate WTI oil prices will average 5450 per barrel. And by 2025, WTI oil prices are forecast to increase to $76.73 per barrel, expressed in 2018 dollars, thus removing the effects of inflation. Our view on the 2020 oil price outlook does not differ from the EIA's forecast, with no major supply or demand imbalances causing WTI oil price to vary much from a full-year average $54.50 per barrel. A possible influence on the demand side of oil price behavior bears careful watching. The increased support in some quarters for expanding renewable energy production in a putative effort to slow down or stop global warming. The WTI oil price ended 2019 at $61.06 per barrel, a positive 34% increase from its 2018 close of $45.41 per barrel. For historical perspective, the WTI oil price touched $26.21 per barrel on February 11, 2016, and reached $147.27 per barrel on July 11, 2008. As we have maintained for some time, in its potential to boost or hamper the economy, the global oil price may be as important to monitor as central banks' monetary policies. According to analysts, bottom-up forecasts, 
aggregated by Refinitiv and Factset as of January 10th, S&P 500 companies' profits are projected to decline negative 2% for the fourth quarter 2019. For the entire 2019 calendar year, S&P 500 companies are projected to report essentially flat earnings of only positive 0.2%. For the first quarter 2020, analysts are projecting S&P 500 earnings growth of positive 4.6%. For the second quarter 2020, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 6.4%. And for the calendar year 2020, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 9.4%. Assuming no discernible expansion or contraction of the S&P 500 price earnings multiple and assuming another 8% to 9% profits gain for 2021, because that's what investors will be factoring into expected market prices at year-end 2020, this would produce a projected mid-to-high single-digit price return for the S&P 500 index this coming year. In light of the multi-year tendency for analysts' earnings estimates to be subject to downward revision as corporate results are reported during the course of each year, the direction of U.S. equity prices is likely to be significantly affected by the degree to which such downgrades are limited in scope and magnitude. Can valuations continue to rise from their current elevated levels? The short answer is yes. However, investors need to be aware of the fact that price risks increase with ever loftier valuations. Just as mountain climbers face decreasing oxygen levels and increased danger as they scale higher and higher peaks, it is also important to keep in mind that, in and of themselves, valuation levels are very rarely the actual trigger for significant upward or downward moves in asset prices. Valuation levels are more often useful as a quantitative reflection of market sentiment and investor psychology, and thus can be practical signposts of the degree of exuberance or despondency inherent in asset prices at any given moment in time. What appear to be overly elevated or depressed valuations of stock, bonds, real estate, art, commodities, precious metals, and other asset categories may persist for far longer than logic or reason call for, and numerous studies have shown a given valuation level has very low value in accurately predicting subsequent price levels 6 to 12 months into the future. And as we have pointed out in previous editions of the monthly market commentary, bond markets are currently priced at extremely overvalued and euphoric levels, with ultra-low and negative interest rates in global government bond markets of Europe, Japan, and with ultra-low, although not negative, interest rates in the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, we believe bonds play an important role in a diversified portfolio. However, investors should temper their expectations of their total return potential given such low yields and high prices. Among the commonly utilized equity market valuation measures are 1. The current price-earnings ratio based on the trailing 12-month as-reported earnings of the S&P 500 companies divided by the latest market price for the S&P 500 as of January 15th, this ratio was 24.68, well above its 140-year mean of 15.77. 2. The current S&P 500 price-to-book ratio, based on January 15th market prices and the S&P 500 company's book value as of June 2019, the latest book value reported by S&P, is 3.72, the highest in 18 years and well above its 20-year mean of 2.81. 3. 
the current S&P 500 price-to-sales ratio based on January 15th market prices and the S&P 500 company's 12 months sales ending June 2019, the latest reported by S&P, is 2.38, the highest in 20 years and well above its 20-year mean of 1.55. Four, the current S&P 500 cyclically adjusted P.E. ratio the CAPE ratio, also known as the Schiller-PE ratio or the PE10 ratio, based on January 15 market prices and average inflation-adjusted earnings of the S&P 500 companies from the previous 10 years, is 31.52, an extremely high level, the third highest in its history and almost twice its 16.68 mean value for the past 140 years. And five, another valuation measure is the total U.S equity market capitalization as measured by the Wilshire 5000 index. Relative to the U.S. GDP, the valuation metric most preferred by Warren Buffett and cited by him as probably the best single measure of where valuations stand at any given moment, the chart below shows that at 140.8% of U.S. GDP, the highest in the past 50 years, this indicator is also extremely overvalued, exceeding even the highly exaggerated exaggerated appraisement of 136.9% of U.S. GDP reached at the peak of the 1999-2000 dot-com mania. It should be apparent that U.S. equity valuation levels are extended as compared to historical averages. The question that is difficult to answer is if a historically low rate environment can support elevated valuation levels. Paying heed to and remaining mindful of the risks of political disruption, the possibility of a deeper-than-expected economic slowdown, and the ever-present potential for an escalation in trade, cyber, or even armed conflict, our advice for 2020 is to pay attention. Be careful. Stay diversified. Know what you own. Think about why emphasize quality, and take advantage of market corrections and sell-offs by deploying any cash reserves. This concludes our January market commentary by David M. Darst. David is Americana Partners Chief Investment Officer. We are available to answer questions you may have regarding the topics discussed. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. Thank you for listening. This is Melissa Giles, Portfolio Manager with Americana Partners. Stay invested.